Okay, Zarek, you're good? Um, there should be two copies, right? You don't need all three. Um, there's two sides and then there's a... Uh... Okay, so last week we began to try to figure out what the Machlekes Klai Yisrael and Mordechai was, which is a main theme for Perm, and now we can honestly say we're in full gear for Perm. And I lobbied to have an extra month, as I mentioned, because we're going to need it. So I uh, hope nobody minds. Uh, so, and maybe by the time perm comes, we'll have uh, made a small Roshim in our understanding. And then there's always next year. We have the guarantee perm is not going to be canceled, even Bisman HaMashiach. So we're in good shape. So there were, we saw from the first Gemara Megillah, there were major complaints by segments of Klai Yisrael who thought they meant well, and at the time didn't understand what Mordechai HaTzadik was doing, and they said, you're putting yourself in Sakana, you're putting us in Sakana, and Haman's a dangerous man, what are you doing? We're going to, not this week and next week, but probably in three weeks now, four weeks from now, we're going to focus on the Ashkafic end of uh, what went wrong with the, the not following the Das Terah and what the Chuva process was, which is an integral part of this. Right now, I'm trying to get the lumdus of what the possibilities were because it's not at all clear what Mordechai was doing and, as the Machalik is exactly what the issue was with many, many fascinating nafkaminas of how big a chiddish Mordechai's psak was. It was 100% correct. That saved Klai Yisrael. Question is, what was he understanding? And in the Sogyan, what was the understanding in terms of what Tikkun needed to be made for the Aveira? Remember, we had two sheets in the Gemara with the Shembaichai and his Talmidim and the Medrash, which sheet of Shembaichai held. But the option number one is they were Nana, Mesudzach, and the Chil Hashem, and the Big Tekuhuna, and the, and the mixing with the Goyim, and a lot of terrible things going on there. And that was the Yidden of Shushan. So the Taina was, but what does that have to do with the rest of Klai Yisrael? And then the other possibility, it's probably a blend of both, Elu Ve'elu, was that they bowed down to the, I don't want to use Avodah because that itself is going to be next week's discussion, but they bowed down to something at the time of the and that was a Kittrig on Klai Yisrael because 23 people were selected from each nation to represent the nation, and Nebuchadnezzar probably was focusing on the Yidin mostly, but had to make it across the board, because after all, it is a democracy, even though it wasn't. And one second, and, and they were there, so they represented Klai Yisrael, so it's going to be a much bigger issue, and part two, again, probably not tonight, is going to be to figure out what went wrong over there, because you have to fill in both. Right now, we're focused on what's in front of Mordechai, literally, his name is Haman, but so how does he justify not bowing down and then at the end not cooperating at all after the Xera? That's easier to explain. And we're going to go back and see the Gemara right now with the tastes. Yes, you had a question. Megillah tells us that Mordechai cried, Why is it important for us to know? What he's Excellent question. Ask me in seven weeks. We're nowhere near that puzzle. No, seriously. We'll, we'll, uh, 
write it down uh, because it's he understood that there was something uh, existential going on. It wasn't just a uh, personal vendetta. That's for, for now. That's all we need to know. Uh, how that ties in with uh, Esav and Yaakov, which is what you're referring to, we'll uh, we'll get to Mitzvah Shem. Take a look at the Gemara. It's Samachalaf Amidays in Sanhedrin Perik Arba So we just saw two lines of the Gemara. There was Machlekes Abay and Rabbam. Take a look again, uh, five lines down the wide lines. Itmar, the Ava is even harder to explain. Doing out of Ava for somebody, let's talk about the Yira, because that's what's Nagea to us. The guy is threatening, and he has a gun, or he's powerful, and he uh, means business. Abaya Machayev, Rav Amar Machayev, the Halpolcha, Lamaisa bowed down. The fact that it's dangerous, Yahavayavar. And he wasn't Makabal as a god because he knows, and the guy holding the gun probably knows that he's only bowing down because the guy's holding a gun. So he was never Makabal as a god. So it's a good thing there's Tesis always another Rishayin, because this is like a classic example of Gemara. If you know any of the Sugibayahavayavah, nothing here seems to fit with anything because. And this is Avodazar. So, what is Abai talking about Chaya? What is Rabbi talking about Potter? How does this fit? So, Tesis, top line, which we saw two weeks ago. So, how can Rabbi say Potter? It's Yahar Vayavar. You cannot bow down. That's clear. And Tesis, later on, we're not going to do that part because we're trying to just get the two Mahalchim, but Rabbi might hold that. It's taka, not Yehar Vayavar. It's not in front of ten, but it's not Mashram the Gemara is going Rav Lushitasa. So, why does Rav say Pater? Yesh Lamer. Nehi Dechai of Limsa Atzma Lachatchila. It's Yehar Vayavar. You have to be willing to get killed. And if the guy wasn't up to it and he didn't do the right thing, I might say bow down. So, is Yehar Misa for bowing down to another Azar? A different Shaila. One is what to do Lachatchila. Now, but the can you bring him to base then if you gave him Asra and his Makabal Asra? And the reason is because he didn't mean it. He's not makabal as a god. And if you'd give him asra, you say, you're doing over Zara, he would say, shh, the guy has a gun. He's, I don't, this is ridiculous. He knows that. I know that. You know that. He's not going to be makabal asra anyway. Because you're takapater. And the Ramam brings that down. In if a person didn't get killed, he was makabal Hashem, Hashem Hashem, but it's not a vodazar. It wasn't a kabbalah. That's like rov against abai. We always pass like rov against abai. Except for the alkagam, and this is not one of the alkagam. Nope. So according to this, if Haman wasn't a vodazar himself, two possibilities in the pasuk here: either he made himself into a god, which, as we mentioned, as recent as the Japanese emperor, that was a real thing, and they had millions of people believing it. As hard as that is to imagine. But we don't have to imagine, like in Tanakh, had they bowed down to Avodah there's Yetzirah for Avodah Zarah. Now there's no Yetzirah for Avodah Zarah. That shechting of the Yetzirah, that news apparently didn't get to the Far East as quickly. They still had, there's some Avodah Zarah in the, in the Near East, the Far East. It was shechted that Yidin wouldn't have the Taiva, and therefore at that time to make it more even, there shouldn't be so bilit. Hashem makes it that all of a sudden most of the uh, Western civilization, we'll call it, accepted monotheism in some form at that time. That's not a coincidence. 
because Hashem makes it Zulu Masu, so Navu was taken away, but that was only to counteract Avarazar, it's not the for Avarazar. Still plenty of Avarazar going on in India and Tibet and China and Far East, even under the communists. <laughs> And it, before the communists and before World War II, there certainly was, and they that was real about Azar, and they held he was uh, he was a god. Whether how many people actually believed it, didn't believe it, it I didn't uh, interview anybody, but there were plenty of people who believed it. If you want your son to be a kamikaze pilot, and you're proud as punch, is there such an expression? Mm-hmm. I don't know how proud the punch is, but uh, they looked for this. Now, you don't have to be an Abed Azar to have that notion because there are some people in the Middle East who had such a notion also, unfortunately. But they did it because they held that he was going to be part of the sun and part of God, like a real Abed Azar. So Haman, in his tremendous humility, decided it's not enough that I'm the most powerful person on earth now besides Achashverosh. I think I'd be good for the general bio and resume if I'm also an Abed Azar. So either it came with the position or he asked Achashverosh, can we put that in also and everybody has to bow down besides the regular groveling and Achashverosh says, so whatever you want. So I mentioned that because everybody groveled and you have to bow down and that was just respect to royalty. That's not Avodah Zarah and that's fine. But if the guy holds he's in Avodah Zarah, that's a problem. So we understand. Mordechai didn't bow down. This is Yehavayavar. So according to the first test, we don't, everything's fine and we understand the Psaq and and uh, what were the Yidin arguing according to this first shot? Probably they would, Taina obviously was the relative Amaratzim among Klai Yisrael, but they would Taina, maybe Avayavar is on an individual level. You have to do something to put everybody in Sakana. This guy's really dangerous, not your average gun-wielding Cossack who would just go into a couple of towns, do plenty of damage. This guy's in charge of the whole world. So maybe they held, there is no Chilik. Maybe they held that uh, Frakans Klai Yisrael. If anybody brought that up in that way, I don't have any record of any Chazal saying that, Mordechai would say, no, there's a promise Klai Yisrael will survive, and if everybody does the right thing, Hashem won't let Klai Yisrael get killed. Mm-hmm. So if that was the kasha, that's the answer. That's the first shot in Tesis. Skip down to the next bracket. It's a very different shot. The Gemara normally says, if they come into town and they're with their swords and they say, bow down to this Ketchka, or accept Yashka, whatever the case may be, it's Yehar Vayavar, and the first shot was L'Chathchila, but B'Dyeved, it's not L'Chia Misa, but it's still an Isser to, to cooperate. The Yesh Mepharshim has a bigger Kula. Yesh Mepharshim, Hadam Yehar Vayavar, Hainu B'Stam Avazchavim, a regular Avadazar that's recognized. How many people have to recognize it for it to be a regular standard Avadazar? I don't know, but somebody has to recognize it. Apparently, if you have a person who is just freshly minted as a new Avarazara, like yesterday, and everybody knew Haman was just the biggest Balgaiva you ever met. And I don't know why this would be, but Tais is assuming that nobody accepted him as a god. I don't know why. Emperor of Japan, it's fine that you can have 10 million people. I don't know how many people had in Japan. And Haman not. Maybe he was too new. He just got the job. And... Maybe people went up to him and said, I remember you. Weren't you my barber? That, that would be pretty fatal to say something like that in front of Haman. But maybe they thought it, and maybe the assumption was everybody knew he was a lowlife, and he, his resume was actually quite interesting. He was a barber. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nice panasa. But usually they didn't elect him to be a viceroy. And the other people probably, when they met him, wanted to say, aren't you that famous general who 
gambled away all his supplies and almost lost the war and Mordechai saved you? That also would have been pretty fatal had they brought that up. But Titus is assuming nobody respected him enough and nobody thought he was a god, even though it was very in vogue that an emperor or the assistant emperor would be a god. So I, I don't know what the historical backdrop is. That's a bit of a puzzle to me. But Titus is assuming, is about to assume in the next line, that Haman was the type of guy that nobody really believed in and everybody worshipped him, Meira, and therefore that type of Avadazar is not Yahar Vayabra. That's a big, big switch from Terence number one. And, but Taisa says it. Everybody only worshipped him a year. Nobody really believed this. I don't know why, but that Taisa says, that was obvious. My conjecture is he was just new in the job and everybody knew who he really was and it took a while for gods to sink in. That's you have to assume. No. Someone can be the god, a god other than the king? Apparently, because or else Haman is playing with fire if he tells people, I'd like to be running for God also, just don't tell Achashverosh. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you need a lot of PR to be a God, like even more than to be a viceroy, I would imagine. <laughs> so how are you going to get the word out? He has to, he's telling millions of people the whole world, when you bow down, have two things in mind. That's Dinim. Gravel because I'm Haman, and then have in mind, I'm an Avodazar also. How do you keep that a secret? <laughs> so Tyson says, he didn't keep it a secret, but nobody believed it. I just don't know what the Metsias was. I was stuck on the Japanese emperor and all the 500 guys before him who said they were gods. Only the king could be a god. Okay, but that's a pretty big tactical error on Haman's part. He's trying to get everybody to believe he's a god, and there's like an unwritten rule that this is ridiculous, only the king, and he's not worried that Hashverus is going to get wind of this, and he's going to execute him as a Meribabachus. Why does he just call him in and say, you know, I hear you want to be king. Is that true? So said, no, I'm God, I'm an atheist, I never speak about God. <laughs> so I'm missing something from the history over here. It's not a, not a kasha, it's just a question. I don't understand why. It's just something to think about. Taste is suggesting that there's a din when you have a, a guy or an avadazar. Let's see, take this thing. I don't even want to use a marshal. Um, we called him an alien. That's what he looks like over here, uh, whatever this object is on my desk. But let's say somebody from the outside, it wouldn't be somebody here, obviously, walk in and say, oh, this is fascinating. Um, I deem the, the god of all the microphones. And we should all bow down. And so if nobody believes that, <laughs> then you'll say, well, has anybody believed any of this? Okay, so it's hard for us to understand the whole conversation. But they usually did that, like every Monday morning. They'd make something and they'd say, yeah, this looks good. He must be the god in charge of speech. I don't want to get too into this. Nobody should believe this. But uh, so what? <laughs> So I don't know exactly what he hoped to accomplish with this, but Tyson is assuming that if you have an Avadazar that nobody believes and everybody's just doing it because he has a gun, then you're allowed to bow down because everybody knows this is ridiculous. Really what Tyson is saying, it's very mistaber that it's only a Harvey Avrib, it's a Mara Zion. Even though, how can it be a Mara Zion? They walk into, the Cossacks come into town, they know all the Jews are smart, and they know even the ones that would say, which was nobody, by the way, that yeah, we accept Yashka, they know they didn't mean it. So then, why is that Mara Zion? The answer is, there might be some Cossacks who believe that they succeeded. Here, Tais is saying, when it comes to Haman and this, that, no, no one's going to believe it. No. So now we're back to square one. So why did Mordecai cooperate? So Tais goes on to say, Tais is now asked the Kasha. According to the first shot, there's no Kasha. Skip down to the next bracket. 
In Taimar, Laravo, Taisa is only asking it now because according to the first shot, we understand Mordechai couldn't bow down to Yahweh But now Taisa said that maybe it's not because this Avodah never got off the ground. In Taimar, Laravo, my Lashtachva, Mordechai, Lahama, Vyesh Laimar, Kedama Medrish. So now Taisa brings the famous second possibility that it wasn't Haman the person. He put a little geshka around his neck either because he believed in this thing or more probably wanted to get Mordechai to bow down and have the thing around. That's been tried with Hannah and her children. You know, it's a stunt that's often tried to get Jews to be initial in Avodah Zarah. So he's wearing something around his neck. Not just one, many. And therefore, Mordechai said, good thing I saw that. And maybe he's the type of guy everybody's doing him a year and he's not Avodah Zarah. But around his neck, there are quite a few Avodah Zarahs and therefore I'm not bowing down. That's the second possibility. The third possibility, this is where it gets a little sticky in terms of the need for explanation, which we will, in Mitzvah Shem, attempt to do. Inami, Mishum Kiddush Hashem, Gedarmina B'Yusham D'Shvi, is going to pop us a line that's Achim, Shanasam Lehem, Mayim B'Zchuchet, Tzavu, Avalo Kiblu. Pop us a line that's with two Jewish, uh, actually generals, and part of a rebellion, but they weren't just uh, like the... Uh, the uh, rebellious ones and Bayashani doing their own thing. They were actually very from, they were big tzaddikim, and the Gemara speaks about them. They were killed by Hashem. They went to the highest point in Amhaba. What? Of course. We always try to tie it in, as you know. So the Yushami tells Amaisa that they gave them something to drink, but they gave it in a colored cup, like colored red, and they didn't want it, it was water. But the Maris Ayin, that it might be Yayin Nesech, which is Avodah Zarah related, they didn't even want to drink. They were willing to get killed just on refusing the uh, drink from the local governor. Even though it was Nasser because it's water. You're allowed to drink water, so the glass is red. But they didn't want people to think they were getting involved in Yayin Nesech. Today it's Stam Yayin for intermarriage. That's not Yahar Vayavr. This, the Maris Ayin of getting involved in Yayin Nesech, they felt for leaders like them, they didn't want to send such a message. And Taisa says, that's why Mordechai didn't bow down, which is really saying, this last John Taisa, that he could have bowed down, and there was a heter, but it wasn't a clear heter, and he's afraid of the Maris Ayin, and therefore he didn't bow down. Now you understand by the end of Taisa why that created such a firestorm. The first shot, anybody complaining was an Amaretz. The second shot, if there was an Avodah around his neck, anybody complaining is an Amaretz. <laughs> he can't bend down. The third shot, there was nothing around his neck, and he was an Avodah that never got off the ground because it was Meira. So why isn't he bowing down? And that's exactly the Medjish, the Gemara describes. They came to Mordechai, Reb Mordechai, why aren't you bowing down? So what did he tell them? I don't know if he told them anything. He told them this is the way it has to be, and it's the Das Terror, and you have to accept, you don't have to explain. And there's a reason why Dafka didn't want to explain if he didn't explain. That's not preferish whether he did try to explain or he didn't, and we're going to get to all that. But right now, halachically, could he have bowed down this last chantesis? Quite possibly, yes. So now, the people complaining are not just Amaratsim. They say, look, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. They told him, as a thesis is an hedron, the three mahalchim, why don't we take the third? <laughs> why don't you bow down? So he would answer, well, if you take the third, you would see what it says by the end. And that is, I don't want to bow down because that's going to send a message that we're taking Avodah Zarah not that seriously. And I'm the leader and I'm going to set a bad example. Salanta used to say, if uh, 
If a Benterian yeshiva shaves off five minutes from his seder, a year in Paris will be Mechal Shabbos. And if a person dives with less kavana, somebody out there is going to stop davening. It's up to the core and up to the leaders and up to the Dalim to be on top of not only doing everything as right as you could do it, but looking like you're doing everything right also. And Mordechai said that um, I'm not bowing down because this is a very complicated topic and the lumdus is complicated that Tesis himself has different mahalchem. And the average person in the street is going to say, Haman is a declared of Arazar, and Mordechai bowed down, so it must be, it's not so bad. And Mordechai also knew that the reason why there's a pending Gezeir on Israel is not because of what he is doing or not doing, which they're going to claim he just put everybody in Sakana. It's because many years ago, at the beginning of the Gullahs, they bowed down to something which had the same issue. Might have been Mutter, might have been Usr, but even if it was Mutter, it looked very bad. And the optics are important. That's a lot to handle. <laughs> That's why I don't always do the places inside and break it up into three parts. You have to know this. Mordechai, there is a possibility that Mordechai was doing something which was not specifically strict din or necessary at this point if you were just looking at the sugya, not knowing what's going on in terms of a Kitrugan Kleisel. Even if Mordechai didn't know the Kitrug till after the Xera came, which was going to come pretty quickly, I think he did, but even if he didn't, he knows that all eyes are on him and what he does here and what it looks like he might be Mako on in a serious Sagivabarazar will cause the guy in Paris or in uh, whatever other city to get Valdazar and then go back to the party and do all the things that he's trying to warn them against. So that's an Achrayis. So a lot of people are breathing easier, but they say that's a pretty heavy idea, but it's only for the Gadoladar, but that's not true. I always remind people if you're in the office, I don't know who goes to an office anymore, but if you're among people in an office environment or on a Zoom office environment, whatever, people look at you, you could say from here next year, I'm not a rabbi, and don't look at me, and I'm just that, you're the rabbi. If you're the only fun person they see, you represent Yiddishkeit. That's uh, nothing you can do about that. So you have to take the high road, not send the wrong message. That is part one. Now take a look at the single page, which has uh, actually a double-sided, probably a safe paper. You have a safe chassidim that says page one in front of you? This was uploaded by Zarach, unless it wasn't. Did you get that? It was, okay. I sent it to you 20 minutes before the share just to see how agile you were. So apparently you're very agile. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So this safe chassidim, the the beauty and the... uh, the Pella of, of the Megillah and the Sechta Megillah and the whole story of Perm and the whole story of the Gullis, you need so many different Makaris. The sources are all over the place just to piece together a Mahalach, which is what we're trying to do over the next uh, number of months. And uh, the next piece in the puzzle is this Sefer Chsidim. Show you the godless of Mordechai and the Messias Nefesh he's having. It's tremendous Messias Nefesh to almost get yourself killed, and we hope nobody has the experience it's just looking at Haman. Haman wasn't your average uh, villain. He was like a Amalek personified. That can melt most people. Mordechai is on the Madrega. Not only did he make the right decision, and now we know it wasn't even maybe required up he didn't, but felt it was necessary for Klai Yisrael. So he can easily patter himself. Says, Look, it doesn't have to be putting myself in Sakana. He's putting himself in extreme Sakana, 
he wouldn't survive. And as Sefer Chassim is about to say, he didn't really care. He hoped to survive, but he was trying to make sure Klai all survived. So if he got killed, but they got the message, then he did his job. And then the second part, which is probably just as unpleasant, or probably worse in many ways, to get killed instantly, nobody hopes to do it. And we hope to have different Isyanis, but it's over. The tainas that he had on him with the editorials and the bloggers and the this and that and Lush and Hara and I, went on for a while. And he was um, in Shushan. People probably traveled in from other countries just to tell him what they think. But he had to put up with this and hold his peace. He was trying to get into Machlekism. He just stood his ground, which is more difficult sometimes. And I will show you that in this Sevech Sidim and in the next Makar on the Yalkut Shemani, that the main Islam for Mordechai was the Tainas every single day, and it kept on going, and, and Haman kept trying to walk in front of him, trying to engage him in conversation, and the famous Medrash, uh, the Gemara, that says this, the Haman finally was so fed up, he's, he's looking for an angle to get his attention, because it just infuriated him that he was getting covered from only five billion people, and he wanted five billion and one, which is vintage Haman, so he walks up, he figured, you know, try the friendly approach. So he walked in, Shalom Aleichem, Mordechai, how you doing this morning? And Mordechai said, Ain't Shalom Lerushayim. That's a great rejoiner. <laughs> and he survived. That's the, you know, a lot of nisim going on over here. So Haman was like, you know, okay. Uh, Mordechai probably said, should I translate that? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I guess he said it in Persian. I don't know, Haman, but like, and Klaus was watching this, you think that would, they would be amazed, and they say, oh, now we're finally on your side. They had more tainas. He said, lonely boy, you're not bowing down. Now you're not even budging. You're not flexing a mu- muscle. He finally says, Shalom Aleichem, and you tell him, ain't Shalom Lerushayim? He said, you're trying to get killed? So, that has to be explained, but that, that's what's going on over here. So, the godless is, when you see the Sefer Sidney, you see the Makaris, you have a new respect for Mordechai HaTzadik, even though we have a lot of respect for him in the first place. Take a look at page one, the top line. Say Lamad. In the middle of the shtickle, he's talking about people who are mice and nefesh to be mazak other people in mitzvahs and doing the right thing. And I left the two examples for our focus. One of them we learned here in Passaic just 19 years ago. I think you were all here. You remember David Melech had quite a machlekes with his, um, you can't call him the peanut gallery. Nobody exactly knows, or I don't know what a peanut gallery is, but they were very hush of a people, and David kept fighting with them. He had a commander-in-chief, Yoyev, who was a great man, Mesa Nefesh for David Melech, and he had quite a few fights with him. And David Melech won most of them. And um, they were still a band of men, and they were traveling, and they finally, shoals chasing them all over creation. Couldn't sleep the same place for 20 minutes without... Uh, hearing rustling leaves and getting scared. And they finally chance upon Shoal, and he's sleeping. And as he's sleeping, I don't know if they knew the full extent, but he was sleeping very soundly because it was a nace. <laughs> he was sleeping. So Yoyev here is looking and says, Your Highness, just give me the signal. Zadin, achiv, habad laharcha hashkin baharga. I hope we never have to exercise that din. That's not an option, that's achiv. Shoal Mel has tried to kill us numerous times already. He's asleep, and all of his men are asleep, and there's dead silence over here. I can do this in 10 seconds. And David Amel said, Loi, with an aleph. And Yaya said, no, 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 I just, just 10 seconds. I have my sword right here. It's all good, you know. 
And David Amalek saw he was going to, because this is Yoyev's job, and he said, if you touch him, I'm going to take care of you. They're having a fight, whispering, I hope. <laughs> so standing there, it's a surreal. So what, we're still trying to figure out from 90 years ago, what heter did David Amalek have not to kill him? So until the Sefer Tzidims, the, the shot we gave then, this is what the Muslim Farshim say, is that David Amalek was such a maimin, such a madrega, that he understood this is the Bechir Hashem and it's not his time to be king and it's a chutzpah and you can't kill the king. Ah, the king's trying to kill you and you can't kill the king and there's a chit to kill the king because <laughs> So if you remember 19 years ago, um, you probably haven't been sleeping much since. We never really answered that 100% because it's, it's hard to understand, but it's a madrega that David Amalek would have been a lot more convenient to take care of this and be able to go to sleep at night. He was in severe sakana and almost got killed a few times. So Sefer Chassidim says... David Amal's real reason for not killing him. You ready for this? Say Lamad me David. Let's give you a new respect for David Amal also, which we have plenty of hopefully after 19 years. Say Lamad me David. Alpisha Amra Taira Habalah Ashkan Lahargai, which again is not an option, it's a chiv. Laavalaragashal Kishamatsal Yashan Shaykhibamagal. When he found him sleeping and all his men are sleeping around him. And he didn't do it, wouldn't do it, will anybody else do it? Amar, imar genu mibnei If I kill Sholomel for my takana, that's an interesting way of putting it, my takana, it's called saving my life. But he, he looked at it as, well, that's good for me, but you know what, it's not all about me. This is what made David Amel, David Amel. That's why he became Melch. It's not all about me, it's about Klai Yisrael. No, but if you don't survive, you're not going to be king of Klai Yisrael, you have to be David Amel, they need you. He didn't look at it like that, which is, this is, this is vintage David Amal, because he grew up completely thrown out of the house, and, and nobody talked to him, and, and most people like that will grow up, and they're out to get the world. He grew up with this anivas, Amani, money, I'm here to service other people, if Hashem wants me to service, I'll, I'll get there, and if not, not, but it doesn't stop there. It's not, the first thing is, I'm going to help myself, what's the problem? It's a din. If I kill Shaul, the Goyim are going to hear that they don't have a king. This is a Pella. And you know what the Goyim are going to do when they hear we don't have a king, even though they have to assume we're going to elect another king pretty quickly. But transitional governments and the time in between can be a little toxic and dangerous and unstable for people. And that's when enemies attack Rahman al-Islam. So David Melech told Yav, oh no. I don't even know if he explained this then or afterwards. Sounds like he just said, don't do it. And Sefer Siddin says he didn't do it because he'd rather get killed himself by Shoal because Shoal soon as he wakes up and starts chasing him again. Even after they had the conversation across the mountain, remember when he proved that he could have killed him and he did tshuva, that didn't last long because Shoal Melch felt it was a chiv to kill him. And David Melch says, it's not about me. If I kill the king, the guy are going to attack. And Kleitz and they have to go to war, and people are going to die. And therefore, better me than them. Is that a Pella, or is that a Pella? And that's the Sefer Siddim's example of the mysterious Nefesh for the Klal. That's the Chiddush over here. You're allowed, apparently, to sacrifice your life for the Klal in certain circumstances. Look, David Melch is going to do that another 500 times when he becomes king. He was one of the few kings. He went to the front of the battle, not the back. It's nothing wrong going to the back. We want the general to be in the back planning things, but he planned things and he went to the front anyway. Here, 
he's never going to become king if Shaul finishes him off. And he said, I can't have Kalei Yitzvah without a king. They don't know about me yet. It was still a secret that he was anointed, and therefore it's not about me. That's example number one. You know where this is going. So first, David Melch gives the Psach, Mutav Sharag Valyavot Akala Yadi. Even though it's not a Takala, it's not Livnever, it's a grum of a grum of a grum that if he kills Shaul, they are right to pass this on paper. And the Goyim hear about it, and they get the army together quick enough and attack before they elect another king. That's David's fault. Uh, on his Madrid, he felt, yeah, that would be my fault, and it's not the time, and I'm not doing it. Ironic, and David Amel gets punished later for causing the annihilation of Naivir Kainim, even though he was running away as a fugitive himself, he just asked him for some bread and a sword, and he had no clue that Dayig was going to tell on him and make a whole federal case out of it, literally. But on his Madrega, now you know from this safe, I see them why he was held accountable over there. Because he had such an understanding of the Achrayas for the Klal. That his sounds really people are looking at him, he's making decisions that's going to affect other people. I'm not doing it. It's incredible. But that, that's what leadership is supposed to be. That's example number one. Example number two. V'chaim matzinu b'mordechai. Mordechai lo'kom Why not? So we just spent 25 minutes trying to figure out why not. And there's a machlekes v'shaynim. Third shot is really up he did he could have. So why didn't he? Amar emakom ifanu v'shtachavu ha'kol avodazara. This Tevach Sidim sounds like the third shot in Tesis. Now really, it was, it was Mutter. He was worried about the optics of the report's going to get out that he just caved in. And then other oh, Yidin are going to get involved in Avodazara. Mutter she'aguni val He doesn't say, well, I have to get killed because the Yavar Sounds like it wasn't technically, but in other cities and countries, the Yidin are just going to hear the Gadlador just bow down. And that's going to cause a shvachkeit in their Avodah Hashem and their adherence to monotheism. And they're going to get involved in Avodah Zarah and they're going to start assimilating. And for me, it's not mutter. So that fits very well for the end of Tesis. But it's a pella, the level of uh, responsibility that he felt. And he understood that people looking, they're going to draw conclusions. And therefore, it's not about my safety. And they're busy complaining, you're going to get yourself killed, and you get us all killed. He said, no, I'm actually trying to have Klaisel survive and not get into one of those scenario and not get used to it. But not everybody understood that at the beginning of the Megillah. Mitzvah will see the second possibility of Mitzvah next week. Have a good vach.